forever. Dog. When your first choice is a big old bus, you turn around and boom, you end up with us. Our number is 213-536-9180. Our email is sloppysecondspod at gmail.com. And now on with the show. Are you ready for some sloppy seconds? Are you stupid little fucks, you nasty little fucks, you dirty little fucks, you stupid little fucks. I hope we're all playing with our prostates and staying healthy. I'm Big Dipper and that's Meatball. Welcome back to Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. It's fall. It's the time for you to diddle your hole and play with your prostate. Keep it warm, baby. God, I haven't done anything to that prostate in so long. Do you ever fart in the middle of the night and think someone's tickling your booty? <laughs> no. Did that happen to you? Yes. I literally was like. <gasps> oh, because you're sleeping alone in the bed right now. Yeah, because Michael's working like um all just all day until all evening times. So and- it was just. So you ghost farted and thought your boyfriend was trying to get some in the middle of the night? No, I thought someone had snuck in and uh, was, <laughs> and they were going to murder me after they diddled my hole. The fact that you think people want your butthole is fascinating to me. I didn't say that I, I, that I wanted it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, all I was you saying was, got so that defensive was so quickly. Listen, I, I'm just saying that that was their first attack was on the you hole. S- <laughs> They, and then the next one sliding my the throat. Most vulnerable spot. Listen, also, I just want you to know that when I'm in this house alone, I am never not within arm's length of a knife. I'm not joking. Uh, not a huge. Okay, Meatball's holding up a huge kitchen knife, but I know for a fact you're upstairs in your drag room. And there's okay, and I wish you could see, but over in my pile of like my hats and my scarves and stuff, there's two knives in that drawer too. I do, and then there's one in my nightstand. Oh, for I would, real? I would put one under my yeah, because I know the killer's coming. I would put one under <laughs> don't, my. Don't the killer me. <laughs> I, I would put one under my pillow if I wouldn't cut myself. You know what I mean? That Here's is my wild. thing is that I, I just feel like feel I would like, just run. But the problem is, is when I'm upstairs, especially in my drag room, the only way to go is into the guest room. And there's Parkour, diva, no out exit. the window. Parkour. Anyway, all I'm saying is that my street is very dark at night, and I know that the Sharon Tate murders were around here. Well, and was right up the street so he'll he come just back moved and oh, he okay. just moved but i am gonna go inside and look at what was going on in the house Ooh. well listen i want to talk about all of these fun things with our amazing guests i'm really excited this is um this is someone who we had talked about having on the show sort of years ago and we were like planning like drag con like when they would come out to la or yeah. like something it just like never happened and so now we're doing it over zoom even though i wish we were in person so um Me too. We'll, we will be right back with our very special guests and i just want to tell everyone meatball is wearing a beret okay Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor meals, I'm like... Oh, baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm -hmm. Like, it is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of ma- pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this oh, is yeah. like, you get a little pasta 
and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals? Try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. And Factor Meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. All you gotta do is heat up and savor the good stuff. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle. And we're celebrating Earth Day all month long with Factor. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash sloppyseconds50 and use code sloppyseconds50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppyseconds50 at factormeals.com slash sloppyseconds50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. Wee wee. (laughs) (laughs) We are back. We're back (laughs) with Chicago's hometown gal, a drag queen's drag queen. She makes dildos and cock rings, and we'll let you know what's what on her Twitter. She will come for you on Twitter. (laughs) She will let you know the facts. She also recently posted a picture, and I thought I saw meat, but it wasn't. It's Lucy Stool. (laughs) Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. How are you? Was there meat in that photo? There, you know what? I actually blurred it out. Um, The unedited is on the alt Twitter, though, if anybody wants it. Everybody has an alt. I don't. That doesn't surprise me, but I think that everybody should have a nice, safe outlet to be able to throw nudes into the universe. Girl, it's like euphoria on the internet. Everyone has seen <laughs> everything. Everyone's just like, just, I, I need my body out there. I But do you feel like you're more comfortable with it because everyone already has access to, like, your dildo, which is just a copy of your penis? Yeah, like, I mean, to be honest, I would just throw a nude up on Maine, but I try to keep it a little bit, like, separate try to keep some separation between the two but i mean yeah my dick's out there all over the place so i'm not shy about it at all because you're a role model for children and you want to keep that separate on main <laughs> that's fucking hilarious no you with a to... name like lucy, lucy Stool. Yeah. You... <laughs> oh my god when did you change uh when did you okay so we had we had candy muse on the show a few weeks ago and the interview sounded like um an angry cat being trapped in a oh, garbage wow. can, just like bah, 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 bah. like it was so bad the audio quality, but more like an angry bulldog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and my claws will. will. What's the quote? <laughs> it's not just, wait. What did she say? It's Scorpio season, and my claws. It's okay for them to come out now. <laughs> <laughs> and my claws. Ah! It's okay for them to come out now. I just oh love the rhythm God. of it's okay for them. It's okay for Anyways, them to come out now. We it's time for Candy Muse News. This week in Candace Muse News, Candy Muse. I think she's been talking about her big old piece of meat, her big old pipe, and I want to see it. Do 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 do. Show me that pipe. Do 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 do. That was all for Candy Muse News. Back to the interview. Okay, this is all, I was prefacing all of this to ask you a question, Lucy, <laughs> which is, um, you know, I said to Candy, I was like, we jokingly call you Candace Musical, as if that's her full name. And she then confirmed that that, in fact, was her full name, which I had no idea. Um, <laughs> what? She just came up with that recently, but yeah. it was funny that we had the same thought. But you, your name on Twitter is now Lucille Stool, which I think is very funny. And have you always, like, from the inception of Lucy, what were in the back of your mind? Was it like, oh, yeah, and the full, the, like, if I were to fill out a form... It would would be be Lucille. Lucille. Elizabeth Stool. (laughs) That's something that actually just uh, arrived lately because, you know, I've stepped into my my motherdom. You know, she's getting up there in in age. And so people just kind of jokingly started to call me Lucille or either when I'm being reprimanded. Sometimes people are like, Lucille, cut it out. I don't know. I think it's kind of (laughs) cute. And uh, I'm stepping into a new phase. I like I like trying it out. A Lucille Stoolington. Lucille Stool. Well, you know, I recently <laughs> changed my name to Rachel. 
So I feel like we're on the same <laughs> trip here. See, you gotta you gotta be ready to adapt. I'm, I'm yeah, ready for at it. At any point. I would just love it if professionally you started going by Rachel and it was like, yeah, sloppy seconds with Big Dipper and Rachel. <laughs> and then you get introduced at a club and it's like, make some noise for Rachel. Rachel. Listen, everyone is changing their names in drag, so I feel like I should too. Go off. Rachel's like Chiquititas, you know, from New York. Oh, yes. And um, Frisbee Jenkins. <laughs> name i can't get over it what is the deal that's sasha belly's new name yeah frisbee would jenkins. you ever would you ever have sasha bell sasha bell or frisbee jenkins on your new podcast called the black tea which you co-host with twitter's very favorite bambi banks twitter's most prolific author bambi, yeah. bambi, banks. Miss bambi banks that bitch that twitter is her motherfucking job that bitch is up at 6 a.m ready to uh let the world know exactly what she's thinking about i love her i so know much. y'all talked about it on the podcast she's like i'm up i do my drag i get it done during the morning and then she lives the rest of her day yeah and then she just harasses people i love it <laughs> <laughs> so how is that having the new podcast it's fun. It's a real learning experience, but we've been having an absolute blast. I think um, the conversations that we've been able to continue after the whole brouhaha of the town hall and everything, um, it's been really great to kind of have out there and be able to chat. And I'm really excited for the future of it. We got um, Miss Toto and Caramel DeVille acting as our producers on it. So nice. We can uh, relax a little bit and don't have to worry about doing every fucking thing. But it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been, um, I don't know, a chance to kind of communicate and dialogue with people that I may not have had the chance to in this way. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I can't wait for us to just really get in our groove because we got some topics and some guests coming up that are going to be real fucking good. If y'all thought the town hall was something, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be Ooh. fun. Okay, so, you know, Meatball and I really paid attention to what was happening in Chicago because obviously, like, I started in Chicago. I grew up there. I, like, lived there for so long. And that town hall involved so many, not only Mm -hmm. friends, but just people I knew and worked with. And Meatball had also gigged a lot in Chicago and so had Mm -hmm. personal connections with sort of everyone involved. But Mm -hmm. for anyone, you know, and I, you know, I want to focus the majority of this interview on you and what you're up to. But for anyone listening who sort of doesn't know, do you have like a bullet points, like elevator sort of summary of like what happened? I mean, I, not necessarily you what can't happened. You bullet point it because <laughs> no, it, there's just so like, much history. Like, in order to understand it, you got to go back, like, five years. No, yeah, but I just I mean, mean that there was a town hall and yeah. that things have changed so, and a yeah, conversation basically, has started. Basically what happened um, after the uh, drag march for change, with uh, it inspired a lot of people to come forth about um, some experiences and some other uh, racial inequalities we've had inside of our own community and with uh, certain people. People, and we decided to have a town hall to have a conversation with those people about uh, how we could change it and what we would like to see uh, going forward. Uh, I think it worked well in a few of those cases, and there's a lot of people that have really taken it to heart and committed to doing the work and are out there making it happen. And uh, for some people, it didn't go too well. But, uh, right. you know, that's uh, not my thing to be worried about. I I think that we really did what we wanted to do, which was be able to make a statement as a group that we saw this shit was happening and that we weren't going to take it anymore and to commit to making a change. So, I mean, yeah, that's like the nutshell. There's more drama and all kind of other bullshit wrapped up in it. But, you know. Y'all got to pay me for that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, everybody it, listening can go on YouTube and find it. It's real. Um, it's a real example of community having shared experience, mm-hmm. uh, working together to communicate, to shine a spotlight on a, a situation mm-hmm. and to present actionable steps to make change moving forward. Absolutely. And I think so many people kind of left like that part out of it and uh, tried to spin this whole narrative of us like grabbing for somebody's power and shit, which number one, I don't need to grab for nobody motherfucking power. I'm motherfucking Lucy Stool. Like, <laughs> I've been that bitch. I will continue to be like, this is, 
this was in no way any sort of thing like that. And this was also for more than just the black and brown communities. This was for literally everyone. Like we were trying to make this better for everyone. But of course, prioritizing, you know, ourselves in this situation because we have been working fucking double time to get less than. So, um, yeah. I think we started something really fucking great. The uh, the Black Drag Council has just like continuously stepped it up. And even just the way that we've like created this own community um, now where we can communicate with each other in this way we haven't been able to before. It's like one of the biggest things that we've done with it. Well, I also and we'll move on after this, but I, I also I, it's, you know, we talk about gig economy. We talk about, um, you know, unions and being pro-labor and pro-worker and like an artist's uh life is a challenging life a queer artist's life is even more so challenging and a drag queen if you look at drag over the last 20 years you go from bottom of the heap to top of the heap as far as what drag means in and the it's queer community a heap of garbage honey right <laughs> and so so just literally like even even more important you know uh is addressing the systemic racism that that affects every aspect of american culture in the world Absolutely. but even just one step behind that is just the idea of like it's good to have a council of drag queens talking about uh, equity and like fair working practices in the community so for the people who have such an issue with that it's like oh diva your racism is showing because yeah. <laughs> you have an issue with it because it's a black drag council and you think oh mm-hmm. they're not gonna do they're gonna go like okay so black queens get first spot on every show yeah. it's like, what are you yeah. talking about like yeah <laughs> It's just fascinating to me how people, you know, and that's a whole other thing with the election. But, you know, 2020 is really, girl, your racism is showing. Everyone is just laying it right fucking out there for us. And Mm -hmm. to be quite honest, I am so glad to see it because I needed to make some room for more people I wanted in my life. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, thank you. Well, before all that, how did you now let's talk about you. (laughs) <laughs> how did you start doing drag like when did you start because when i started i feel like i knew about you like you were one of the first drag queens i knew about that was like in a different city oh um that's that's wild because i always felt like you were like the superstar way before even anybody even knew who i was but um i started drag in chicago as that's estuary nice. palomino yes what? mom <laughs> Wait, yes. when? Yeah, see, I'm breaking I'm breaking out some of the secrets on here. I estuary? had a I had a beardless drag persona called what? Estuary Palomino. Well, I met you beardless back in the day. Yeah, what? yeah. Uh-huh. That's was, how I knew you was It was a total um, thing. Tiny and beardless. Mm-hmm. She was now so thick and juicy. Ooh, she was like 170 pounds, girl. 130 pounds later, here we are. But, what does uh, estuary mean? Uh estuary is like a bird sanctuary or something Go like off. that i think <laughs> and palomino well like the reason i took it from it was from a uh, a horse <laughs> everyone so hated bird that horse. So, yes bird, uh, horse. bird horse <laughs> bird horse which you is very accurate for me equestrian apparent what was it again <laughs> estuary, estuary palomino, palomino diva. Yeah, you and said see- i want a mouthful of name <laughs> Everyone hated that name. No one like wanted to fucking announce me on stage because they could never remember it. And uh, yeah, I like did drag for like a few months and was like, I hate this. This isn't really like what I want to look to be like doing. So um, one day I got dressed up to go to an Oscar party and we were coming up with different names for this new character. And my roommate was like, you look more like a loose stool. And we were like, Lucy's stool. So, uh, yeah, that's where it came from, like, eight years ago. And I just kind of leaned into the whole filthy glamour and kind of ran with it. And fuck, oh here we are. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I love that. I'm just thinking back to, like, because how long had you... You remember when you were in the... Um, summertime uh, Realness summertime video? Summertime Realness video? <laughs> how that was long like, had you you've been doing drag my, then? That was, like, one of my first like gigs i was so fucking excited to do it and i remember i had only actually been like trying to do makeup probably for like a month or so at that point so Uh. when i was doing estuary it was like um my drag mother who was this like older white queen (laughs) who used to like kind of slap makeup on me and like just put on raggedy clothes what color Uh, oh god (laughs) it was not good there's some pictures out there i might have to send you one i might have to send you one um 
But yeah, it. Wait a second, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, we were the talking about estuary uh, the music the video. Oh yeah, the summertime realness video. I had only been actually doing my own makeup for like a month at that point. So I remember walking into that house that y'all had and like seeing Shea Coulee in the bathroom doing her makeup, and I was like, Oh my fucking god, there's like real fucking drag queens here. Oh my god. Uh, uh, I can't believe that I'm like even on this set. Like I felt like I wasn't supposed to be there because I had only been doing it for like a month. I love that you are talking about it like it's a set. We shot in the backyard <laughs> at Kieran's house. But everyone, no one got paid. Everyone was on the fl- like putting their makeup on on the floor. Yeah, I was paying people with like hot dogs and hamburgers. In which we got there, he said he had a grill, but he didn't have the cover for the grill. So we had to pull the oven rack out, oh. lay it on top of the charcoal in the grill and all the burgers kept falling through <laughs> but we had fun that was, was a fun day so much fun and like yeah it felt super Ooh, fucking important to me frank was there oh frank yeah that fucking fine oh yeah frank could get it Damn. <laughs> yeah but that i mean that was so That's many years so ago funny okay so what was technically like your first like club gig as lucy's stool or like how what was the time period between and how many coins did you make in tips <laughs> what was the time period between Estuary and Lucy becoming, like, a fully realized Lucy stool? Okay, so, like, I would say between, like, ending Estuary and Lucy stool, like, actually being able to get on the stage and become a fully realized character, it probably was about, like, six months. Um, my drag oh, okay. my drag really started because of my party Fabitat uh, that used to be at the uh, double door number three in the basement. Um these people approached us and were like, hey, you guys are weird and queer. Do you want to, like, throw a party at this bar? And we were like, yeah, sure. So that's where my drag really started. Um, so I kind of started on my own stage, as a matter of fact, which was the only stage I could actually get invited to. So that makes sense. So that's so crazy. They approached you to have a party? Yeah. Um, back in the day, I was friends with a lot of the people who, like, worked there just because I used to, like, go out and see shows and we, like, hung out together. Mm-hmm. And every Sunday at our house, we used to have a brunch called Fabitat. That's, like, what we called our apartment. And, like, 10 Aww. to, like, 20 people would come over every Sunday and we just, like, make food for free and, like, party and shit. And we were like, we should turn this into a real party. So Double Door opened the door for us and uh, that's how... Everything fucking began eight years ago. Oh, my ago. gosh. So at these, was... at these brunches, were you making them the tater tots and the waffle iron? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was that advanced back then. Like, goddamn, no. We'd make, like, four-star fucking meals for these people. We would, like, really show out. That's delicious. One time I stayed at Lucy Stool's house, destroyed her home, and she oh made me God. a delicious... Um, it was like tater tots that she put in a waffle iron yes. and then she put Yum. like bacon and Ooh, chives. She so like good. went in. Like a loaded baked potato but in tater top form in a yes. waffle iron. Yes. It's like the best breakfast. It was it's so fucking so good. good. But I was fried over the whole time I was me there. Mama. Baby, you crumble up bacon and a fried egg, sour cream and like mm-hmm. scallions. Mm-hmm. It is the jam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do, wait, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, for all of us as chubbos, do you dance when you eat? Like, the moment I bite into yes. something good, oh, I bitch. immediately start grinding <laughs> in the chair. Are you kidding me? I'm always fucking, like, working my ass. I really am in the kitchen, especially that I live alone now, like, literally throwing ass while, like, eating chicken all the time. <laughs> so, I know. So you, okay, you've mentioned it. So now you are a single lady, a free agent. I am cosh to the wind, and you drove. (laughs) You got a dog and a car. Yes, and you said, "Let me just drive across this country." I sure did. My ass. um, I got a car for my birthday uh, at the end of July, and I just wanted to get out of town. Period, just because everything was fucking whack, and I was watching my like relationship end, and there was nowhere to fucking go. And I was like, I just need to get the fuck out of here. So I decided to uh, drive from Chicago to L.A. Um, so my best friend flew out from LA and met me in Chicago and we drove fucking cross country and just, yeah, it was so beautiful. And then I got to LA and literally spent the week in a Airbnb in Altadena by myself and drove back across the country by myself. <laughs> but I'm sure you were high as hell the whole time. The whole fucking time, Girl, all I did. Sorry, go ahead. All I fucking did was like get high and cry. It was great. Well, I remember, I think I saw you maybe on Scruff. And then, yeah. 
because I live kind of close to Altadena. Y'all ever and fought? And I was like, I was like, oh, oh. No, we haven't, we haven't had sex. Uh, no, uh, I was the like, Dipper has oh. been dissing me for years. What are you talking? For years, for years, <laughs> Meatball, for this years. This is this is the interview. It's I want. cool though. It's cool though. <laughs> You've always good. been very kind and sweet to me, but I have only recently started to be interested in people remotely close to my age. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I never took it to heart too much. I was like, oh, okay, I'm not in the age range. All right, well, yeah. I'll get there. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not there. 50. Okay, Listen, okay. I'm convinced that Dipper only dates old dudes so that they won't come to the club and see him perform. Oh, shit, what? It's kind of like, like, when i'm when i when i meet younger people who we have shared interests oftentimes they are familiar with what i do and it immediately makes me kind of uncomfortable and i feel like i would only be comfortable dating someone if they were also a performer and had a public persona mm. okay are we doing a matchmaking game here now yeah. uh, <laughs> well, I, well lucy how do you feel about that because you were dating someone who was not exactly in the nightlife scene but was like he I, supportive he was, of. All, he was yeah. supportive of and he was there at a lot of events yeah he was the photographer for a lot yeah. of it so he was around a lot um to be honest i kind of i mean other than that he was like a stay at home like kind of person he didn't really like go out unless he was like to be paid for it and i kind of like that too i like someone who's kind of removed from it yeah i don't i don't i don't really want my man at the club with me every night Right, because it feels like you don't need them to come to your job all the time. Yeah, exactly. And after a while, it just stops being like fun, and you're just like, girl, go somewhere else. I will say Meatball's boyfriend is like supportive and gets it, but also does not care. Mm -hmm. And that is sort of like a really cool vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Like... Like, he's not, like, fawning over the drag or, like, the access or the connections that Meatball has. Yeah. He's very much doing his own thing, but he yeah. gets it, uh, and that feels like a really good match. So, yeah. you know. Sometimes, I, well, sometimes he gets it to the point where he'll... He used to go out to, like, Redline to Cornbread Show when I had a performance at, like, Precinct. Because <laughs> he was like, I know, I, he was like, I live with it. I see it all the time. I'm going to go see something else. He was like, I want to see else. Cornbread, but. Yeah, he was like, I want to see someone else do drag. See, yeah. I remember that night, I was like, wait a minute, so you're still going to go out and just, like, not see me? It was such a confusing time for me. <laughs> Yeah, I love that shit. I'm like, yes, please. Have your own life. Go about it. Live it. Do your thing. We'll meet back up. I am curious, like, in the age of social media, obviously you are, like, a public-facing individual, but you, you know, when your relationship ended, you, like, made, like, a statement about it, for lack of a better word. Like, you know, like, you were, like a lot of you know but blah 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 and it feels like more than ever not you know obviously it wasn't to the extent of like people who are in relationships on their shared youtube channel making yeah. a tearful breakup video. our like breakup like, photo shoot you had, oh my God. yeah exactly but you did you did you did like feel the need and i felt like it was appropriate to announce to people who follow you on the internet hey this relationship is over and like so fyi moving forward it's not like the two of us together yeah don't don't i mean that didn't feel like something that needed to happen like when we were in high school no and i mean like i guess we had other ways that like we found out and told people about it then but i guess just in this situation it was more so um I wanted like, people did you to feel stop pressure. Well, I, I I only felt pressured in the sense I wanted people to stop asking about him and <laughs> including his including his name and things, you know, and inviting us to come places and just like you know the like constant like reminder of that and having to tell the story over and over like twenty fucking times while I'm yeah. still going through it. I was like, can I just kind of skip all of that and just let all the girls know, hey, this is what's going on. Right. <laughs> like that's that's that with that. I love that man. Like still a good friend of mine, but like just so y'all know. Um yeah, I mean it's it's at the end of the day, it's like my business and it's our relationship how it ended and I'll keep a lot of stuff between us because that's how it should be. But yeah, well, I've been. I'm like out there as like a public figure, and my business is everywhere anyway. Like, I don't, I don't mind talking about it. Yeah, that how makes do you sense. deal with your business being everywhere? Because 
I yeah, when people start finding out information about me, I start getting real mad. Yes. Yeah. Like, there's it's... so many people with so much time and so much like and they just bullshit. know so and like I'm like, where did you how did you figure out who my mom was? And yeah. like why are you on her Facebook page? Yeah, it's so it's so odd. It's something I can't I still can't really like wrap my mind around and like it's in my head like I still I don't feel like I'm a fucking celebrity. I don't think anybody's like following or paying attention to me like as actually still how I feel in my head. So yeah. when I when I see shit like kind of pop off like that online or something or even like when I go to a restaurant or I'm in the store and someone's like Lucy Stool, I'm like what the fuck? <laughs> like what is happening? I right. didn't like I don't I don't know. It's it's still really weird to me, but I don't know. I've always kind of been a person that just kind of kept my emotions on my sleeve and shit. And I'm always like saying exactly what I feel. So it's not that big of a deal. And I do still have like my separate personal life. That's, yeah. you know, all me. I feel like you have your separate personal life. And then there's like the drag queen life. And mm-hmm. Sometimes when you have like a partner, everyone like, yeah, can't separate the two of them. Exactly. Well, <laughs> It, that's, that's, Sorry, I just that's started thinking. I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I was crazy. going on, that's and I was like, I'm a thinking, completely different yeah. person. I'm like not meatball, but I'm not meatball, and like I forget that people only think of me as like a crazy drag queen. Well, and it's funny. What's interesting about it is that like we all use stage names, right? And for yeah. everyone at home, rolling your eyes, being like, "We know you're not Beyonce and Kim Kardashian. We know that." I know, know that, but that. tell that to the guy at Starbucks, you know? He <laughs> yeah. doesn't know that. <laughs> exactly. We know we're not world famous, but we also, so we all use stage names and we call each other by our stage names. But I feel like, especially, you know, like with the, with the two of you, like I feel like th- there are genuine bonds and friendships here in which we would like get together and have dinner and not be a work thing or like yeah. whatever. Oh, absolutely. And so... Then it gets really confusing because you're like, okay, like I know your real name, but like I never call you your real name. And like it would be awkward to say your real name because like I only know you from your other character and your work life. Like it mm-hmm. does get kind of muddled. It does. Yeah. And then I want to be like, I'm not the same person when we're at dinner as the meatball that was sucking a dick backstage. That is someone <laughs> else. Wait, did and y'all I need you to know that. <laughs> no. no. Sis- Sister Dick? That's no. how you got sick? Sister Dick will make you sick, honey. That's, that's no, we got lie. high as shit. What? We got high as shit when I was staying with her. Oh, and I also shit. destroyed her house. What's right? Meatball like? What's 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 Meatball like as a house guest? You know I like what? to spread out. It's she's very pleasant, except for, you know, like spilling a bottle of lash glue <laughs> on your carpet. <laughs> <laughs> And it it's it was like black lash glue. I just knocked it over and I watched it dump out and I was like, oh, there's no coming back from that. She like I'm like, just buying her a new carpet. She even sent me like a remover, girl. It's still there, but whatever. Fuck that carpet. Like, uh I, yeah, I felt so bad because it was like the next day I was leaving and I was like, there's no way for me to clean this. So I bought like eyelash glue remover and like solvents and stuff and sent it to her. Yeah. And it was like it didn't work. No. <laughs> But whatever, like, fuck it. We had such a good time. It was really that was good. so like, having, fun. You're, like, always welcome. And, like, now my drag room is, like, put together Huge. and presentable. Like, I can actually have you people do have a, Yeah, you have a really nice apartment, too. It was so sweet staying there. It's, like, even nicer now because, you know, it's, like, all mine. So it's, and like, little, you walk and in. And there's a little puppy there. There's a little puppy, Nelson. He's outside playing with his best friend right now. Oh. Aww. That's yeah, so sweet. She's what a forty-two. It's a she's a forty-two pound mastiff. <laughs> and oh, Nelson's, Nelson's friend. Uh, yeah, and Nelson is a little Chihuahua mix, a little terrier Chihuahua. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Well, speaking let's of hair, a, oh, oh, let's take a break. What were you going to say? Well, I was no, going to ask about being a bearded be queen, wit? but then we'll take oh. a break. Wait, say what you're saying. <laughs> Okay, we are back. And, and we are back. And I want to talk to you more about just your whole drag aesthetic because we haven't gotten aesthetic. into it. But it's very unique. Um, not a lot of, how do I say this without being rude? Just be rude. 
Yeah, just be real. You have figured out how to color and highlight your face and paint with bright colors on dark skin, which is not easy to do. And the way that you do it is so clean. Like, how long did it take you to learn to do that? And what tips would you have for oh, dark bitch. people? It took me, the, I mean, the eight fucking years that I've, like, been doing drag. I felt that, especially when I started, because I kind of started out being a little bit more alternative and weird, like, more Dragula versus, like, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race. She was, did. like, kind of how it began. <laughs> yeah. No, you know the first drag number I performed was uh, Rebel Girl by Bikini Kill. So, oh. like, that, that tells you anything, like, how I kind of uh, started out. I love but, that um, song. You know, when I started out, there wasn't really, even though YouTube was a thing, there wasn't really a lot of, like, resources for black girls and other people of color to really find, um, like, find out how to do the things I, like, wanted to do. I wanted to do, like, cool, crazy, like, different color makeup and stuff like that. And all I had was, like, my little milquetoast white mama who didn't do anything but, you know, be cute and seven foot tall. So she was like, bitch, I don't know, like, fucking figure it out. So uh, a lot of it was, like, trial and error and figuring out, like, what works best for me and what works best for, like, my skin tone. Um, and I tell you, to this day, one of my favorite things ever to use is Benight Clown White. Like, that has really great transformation properties and the way that it can... Um, it's just, like, so fucking thick. Uh, yeah. just really give you the illusion of like making dark skin like white um i also like kind of like mix my own colors and stuff too if i need to like do that sometimes but to me it's really all just about like the blending and like what products you're using so like mm -hmm. i use uh the midnight clown white and then i have a little um knockoff makeup forever palette that i usually use to like for mm. the different colors and then i'm just in there with that fucking blending brush just like stacking all the colors and going at it Ooh yeah I'll sit it's, there and go back and forth between two colors. People will be like, you're wasting so much makeup. And I'm like, wasting, honey, look at me. Nope. I'm, yep. like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, I am packing on more and more and more. I was like, so what? It's expensive for me to get into drag. Isn't that the point of this? Yes, honey. Exactly. exactly. I'm just sort of like, you know, creeping on your Instagram right now as you're talking. And, you know, mm. it's so interesting. Like, I think a lot of people, there's like... um. There's a whole, obviously, there's a whole conversation around bearded queens. Um, and that conversation is like just a closed minded conversation, mostly. People oh, yeah. going, like, how can you do drag with a beard on? It's like, well, you can do anything in drag. So mm -hmm. that doesn't matter. Yeah. But what I find fascinating is like a lot of people who are maybe making that like critical, having that critical conversation are like, oh, but. You know, like, it's more feminine to not have a full beard of facial hair. Yeah. But I'm, like, looking at all these photos, and it's so interesting the way that you paint. And, you know, you have a big beard, but you also have a lot of other real yeah. estate. So it doesn't over, it doesn't sort of overshadow the feminine parts. You're presenting this really androgynous sort of vibe on your face. But when I just, like, look through photos of you in drag, like, I still just see a woman. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of <laughs> get that you have a beard well, and like, and like, memory the way of you your paint yeah, yeah. it yeah. draws so much attention to the eyes and like the perfectly sculpted nose and then you're always in like a quaffed wig like it's always stunning you know i like fucking love that and a lot of that comes from me at first feeling like i had to like really really make sure that everything was like so feminine because people were going to be so turned off by how inherently like masculine this like beard played out to be but then i realized that like it's this beautiful feature of my face that goes with my drag and to me my point is to make you look at me and not even think of the beard like you were saying right. like that makes me feel like i accomplished it because i just want you to see this beautiful fucking woman standing before you look and like this. i'm like the glamour <laughs> The, there's sometimes just, there's sometimes I look at pictures of myself and I'm like, bitch, where? Like, bitch, where? <laughs> uh, also, your style is just so feminine. It's always it's like almost a little burlesque inspired. Yeah, and there's that's like a lot of like gloves well, and corsets. And that's like where a lot of my performances have like moved to mm. like lately too. I get a lot of inspiration from that. I love like effortless glamour and <laughs> being a gorgeous performer that ain't doing nothing but like taking off a glove and shaking her ass. Like that's very <laughs> That's very much, you know, and like so much more goes into it, you know, but like I draw influence from that because I'm like the way that they can hold the stage and create so much power with an act of like taking off a fucking glove, like 
that's that's what I want to be. One day we'll get there. I I we know no that. one ever thinks of themselves as like kind of a pioneer, but we were talking to um ooh, Landon Sider about how his face has uh, kind of become a, the go-to a, a blue, face a, for a lot like of drag kings. Oh, yeah. of like how to contour your their face, and yeah. I think that a lot of people, and I see it a lot more now. A lot of bearded queens, it seems like they're not stealing your face, but they're taking cues. They're off learning, of, yeah. Like, oh, what absolutely. You're doing it's that's like so beautiful to me because when I started doing drag, like there was only a few girls that like I was kind of looking up to that way. Um, the biggest one being um, what's her fucking name from San Francisco. Oh my God, her Grace name is Grace. Grace was the girl I like looked up to when I started drag, and I was just like, she's so effortlessly beautiful. She's girl. working with like the the kink community in this way that like I would like to be included. Like us, uh, she was like everything I fucking wanted. So um, I felt Grace like so was a stunner, like yeah. a stunner. I felt so heavily inspired by her, but it was also so important to me to make sure that like I had my own face and my own thing. Um, so I think it's kind of cool. Like I, I see a lot of bearded girls. You know, I ain't trying to check nobody, but I see a lot of bearded girls, and I'm like. <laughs> A couple of your fa- the your yeah. face, like oh, the yeah. Oh, yeah. I ain't trying to, try to call nobody out, but there's a few of them. I'm like, okay, you've been on the Instagram, that's cute. But, um, I think, like, you know, when I think about being queer and in this community anyway, I feel like it's so important for us to be leading people and setting examples and kind of helping people in any way we can. So, like, fuck yeah, that's cool as hell that people find inspiration from that. Also, you were just talking about Grace being a part of the kink community. Yeah, I was about to say this. I feel like there's not a lot of cities where the drag and the kink really, like, overlaps, you know? I think Chicago, L.A., San Francisco are for sure. But you have a line of sex toys. I sure do. I sure do. What made you decide to come out? And you did it with, you partnered with Dusty Balls, I think? Yes, Dusty Balls. Yeah, one of the most badass drag kings in the world. Um, They also own an amazing business called Tea Time Toys where they hand pour all of this fucking amazing platinum grade silicone into whatever the fuck you could imagine. Um, it was, it actually started as a fucking joke. So much of my drag is shit that starts as a joke. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, well now I'm going to run with this shit. But um, I was actually talking to Dan Poliak, you know, Dan, yeah, uh, yeah. Shay's partner. And he was like, you should have cock rings as like merch. And we were laughing about it. And then I was like, wait a second, I know somebody who can actually fucking do that so it started as like a kind of cool merch idea and then turned into something um i actually have gotten really like passionate about um i think that after drag i don't don't know if there's really like an after drag for me i think i'll kind of do it forever but something that i'm focusing more on is sexual health and how i can be a part of that and um help educate and just uh bring pleasure to a lot of people with this like platform that i have so being able to create these sex toys and also um, price them at like a really great price range so that they're accessible to everybody that people that you know a lot a lot of people can afford like this kind of quality toy at that rate um was really important to me so yeah it's like kind of one of the coolest things that i've i feel like i've done in my drag career that's now, amazing how did you go about making that mold did you just get it hard and shove it into something oh okay this is a story i don't think i've ever like told on somewhere before this is the story of a dick. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of a, a more awkward but hilarious experience. Uh, so Dusty had to actually make a mold of my erect penis. The way that they did it is they they she made a mold of my erect penis on me and applied it and kept like applying whatever they needed to over this like hour and a half long process while I had to just like fucking stay hard while Dusty. Uh, <laughs> like held my dick and applied shit to it there was also help from shimmy larue who you'll remember from the town hall uh Mm -hmm. shimmy was also there to help with the applying of the plaster to my penis and i also happened to have my good friend uh degrassi noel there to uh sit on my face the entire time to make sure i stayed erect through it so uh it was Listeners are trying to make an erect mold penis. You can use Blue Chew, and it'll keep you nice and hard. But yeah, I, I mean, Degrassi Noel works too. Pill, but no, you just had an ass on your face. You know, I, I also I also did a little Cialis that day okay. just to like have some backup. But yeah, I was like, I need more than that. I'm so just trying to be picture awkward. two people putting a mold on your dick while Degrassi is like plieing on your face. <laughs> yeah, and he was just it was just. 
everything was just so clinical and like, you know, we're doing this job about it. So literally he's just like squatted over my face and they're like talking about lunch while the two girls no. are just uh, applying uh, plaster to like to my more dick. erotic than that. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, okay, well, have half of me in the room and half of me out. Oh, very much like door. those like fucking half body glory holes that oh, are yeah. popping uh, up yeah. everywhere. Oh, those are awesome. But yeah, it was, um, I mean, the first 30 minutes was a little bit sexier, but the next, you know, hour or so, it was just like, can we get this over with? But (laughs) when the silicone or the whatever they used to make the mold, when that was on you, did that feel good? Like, was it warm and pleasurable? So therefore that could help you stay hard? Um, or no? Yeah, it was not. It wasn't uncomfortable, and yeah, it was. It was. It was a little bit warm. In fact, it got a little bit too warm at the end, but we made it through it. Everything <laughs> burned to death. Turned out okay burned with it. But yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't an unpleasant experience. I think one of my one of the funniest parts about it is uh, Dusty. Uh, is a lesbian and Dusty was like, I have never touched an erect penis. Can can I? And I was like, Well, you're going to. She was like, I just need to also know like what this feels like. So she like literally so grabbed my dick and was like, Oh wow, oh wow, this is weird. <laughs> That is... Well, that was an educational day for them too, because now was. for their company, they know more about what a dick feels and like. Actually, and you and know. Yeah. Landon, when they were on the show, said, I would love to be in a position. I want to touch a dick. I want to hold a dick, not in a sexual way, but in like a scientific way. And I wanted to feel like a hard dick. So next time you need to do a mold, you should recruit Landon to help with it. (laughs) Landon's an old friend from back in the day, too. Me and Landon used to do some shows together before uh, everybody got so much more famous than me. But (laughs) 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 Now, let's let's name all the ones that got more famous. Oh There's, my god! I'm just What's kidding. that? <laughs> Name the ones that got more famous. She well, said. Well, listen, I mean, literally everybody <laughs> around me. If the, the funny, Same. I was looking at this the other day. We just celebrated the four year anniversary of Black Girl Magic, and mm. um, at that time when the show started, only Dita had been on Drag Race. <laughs> and so now I look at the four original girls and it's like me, Shay, Dita, Vixen. <laughs> and me just like standing off in the corner. <laughs> like, okay, I'm not that girl yet. Um, no, you know, that's not something I really like worry or like think about. But I, I think it's more fucking cool than ever because Chicago's fucking dope and all my girls deserve every single ounce of that shine. Like they, this bitch has been busting their ass forever in this frozen tundra to get there. Yeah. Girl, there's so much talent in Chicago. It's really incredible. It's insane. People people think of us as a second city, and I'm like, bitch, we're second to no one. <laughs> like, Ooh, correct. We literally have our own thing going on in here, our own like little self-serving like city taking care of itself. So I love Chicago. Do you have I love any... Chicago, too. I almost moved there when I was like... When you were gigging there a lot. Yeah. Because oh, I was like, this is better. I would have loved that. I would have died. I would I mean, have it's... fucking died. Every time I go there, y'all always try to kill me. The Berlin bomb. Oh, Where yes. else did we go? We went to a $1 hamburger place. Tried to kill me. Oh, yeah. Big Chicks. Yeah, oh, and then we went that. to... Oh, yeah. Big Chicks. Oh, I love did that we, They did still do $1 we went to burgers. Big oh, and there was yes. some sort of crazy party. Yeah, they still do. Yeah. Uh, and it's like a dollar a beer with it. And, and so we... I had like three burgers and we were like, wow. Big we also took you to Jackhammer and you almost missed your flight, but then you remembered at the last moment. <laughs> I do remember that. I do remember that. I was like, oh shit. I, I wish, gotta go. Yeah. I wish that I had really I wish that when I lived in Chicago I had really like been more confident to like go to parties and stuff. I used to get fucked up and I would drink. I used to go to big chicks on the bear night, but I would be so nervous to like talk to anybody or do anything. I did I did a fundraising show and like I And you were probably sh- so hot and you were oh, like so Ooh. hot. So hot. <laughs> And do you know the only time I ever went to Jackhammer? I used to live behind Touche and Jackhammer. The Why only, didn't you just go in? The, I was too scared. I was too nervous. Oh the God. only scared time... Sca- I was just scared Getting of... Getting calm done. My own... <laughs> I think I was scared of my own sexuality. I was really, like, really nervous to interact with people. I wasn't really confident. And, like, I was even... That was even back when I was performing. I lived... I lived... um, uh, Yeah, when I lived behind uh, 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 Touche and Jackhammer, I... 
I never went in those places. And now I'm like, both of them have back rooms. Now, if I lived in Chicago, girl, I would be a regular every weekend. Uh, it's so Just, sad to think about how long it'd be before we get to like stick. Oh yeah. Oh, it's yeah. going to be years. Random people's mouths. Wait, so but Lucy, bad. did you ever feel that way about yourself? Cause I know, I mean, I'm not trying to read you, but you yep. had mentioned that you had gained weight and you're very confident in your body. Was there a time when you were gaining the weight that you were a little nervous? Um, you know, at first, to be quite honest, like, no. Um, I've been, like, a fat person my entire life. So I kind of got over being shy or, like, weird about that. Um, I went to college and I ended up losing 130 pounds. Like, I was fat all up until high school. I left high school and I was, like, 279. Um, so, oh. like, close to, like, what I am, like, now. Um, and then I ended up losing, like, 130 pounds in, like, college. And, um, yeah, after that, I kept the weight off for a while. But when it started to come back, I did not give one flying fuck you said people are gonna see these titties they're gonna see these fucking titties and they're gonna love them because i am tired of putting them away and acting like i'm not so fucking hot like bitch i am fucking banging and literally (laughs) these people's fucking boyfriends be in my dms trying to get every single one of these 300 pounds on them so like (laughs) i am am not pressed about it i am not (laughs) I would like to call this episode every single one of these 300 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) In reference to all three of us. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. These big Um, old heifers. Well, okay. So we mentioned, we mentioned Jackhammer. We mentioned Touche. It's time. We're nearing the end here, but we want to have our final segment, which is called Fuck Talk. Talk. And we don't need to talk a lot about Wicked because we've already recorded our episode for next week, which is 100% Wicked Wicked. focus. So we're not going to talk about that this week. But I want to hear a good fuck talk story because I know there have probably been some wild times with you, Miss Lucille. A good fuck talk story? Yeah, something wild, embarrassing. Something wild, something the freakiest thing you've ever done. And you were like, oh my God, is that me? (laughs) I went on... To give you an example, I I one time circled for parking, you know, on Lakeshore Drive uh, or Sheridan where you can't park, Uh you know, with those high rises on Lakeshore Drive, circled for like 45 minutes, then went up into a man's apartment that was under construction. So it looked like a serial killer, like plastic tarps everywhere. He was watching porn. He asked me to fuck him. He had no lube. We used margarine so that kind of a story or like one time i was staying with you in chicago and i left uh, to go hook up with someone and it turned out that it was like a what was it like some sort of like meth den and they were like yeah no and it was just full of boxes and they were like yeah we just moved in and then later that night they were like we've been here for three years and i was like Mm -hmm. what's happening where am i (laughs) oh i know exactly who you're talking about too um there's god there's like i don't know i guess there's a lot of fucking stories i could pull from like that um one of the first ones that comes to mind is like the first time somebody asked me to fart in their mouth and <laughs> and like the thing Shout about it mother is, Teresa. the thing about it is is like back then i was like no way i mean today i'd probably reconsider it and do it if i had to but <laughs> i'll never forget i'll never forget like it was like one of my first like um one night stands after I had moved to Chicago 13 years ago and I was sitting at the bar and just talking to this like hot dude and we had like exchanged numbers. And then I was like, Hey, do you need a ride home? And he was like, yeah, sure. So i like took him back to his house and we were like making out and basically almost fucking in the car. And then he was like, just come into my apartment. I was like, yeah, okay. Awesome. So we like go up there and we're like starting to get like freaky. And uh, I'm one of those types that loves to like have my ass ate. So I was like, yeah, get back there. That's a part of your job, boy. So he's like going at it. <laughs> that, that's a part of your job. He's like going at it. And I'm and like, I hear him like muffled talking. And then he's like, oh yeah, can you just fart in my mouth? And I'm like, what? And he's like, can you please just fucking fart in my mouth? I just want your ripe fucking farts in my mouth. And I was what? like, right. Yeah ripe fucking farts i will never forget this moment 13 fucking years later i can still like see him in his apartment so fucking clearly and i just remember like (laughs) me at like 24 like instant like boner killer and i was just like uh i can't and i need to go (laughs) i like literally got up and got fucking dressed and left uh well okay i would have been like i will not fart 
But continue. I mean, yeah, like exactly like today, but like me oh, at twenty three. You oh, yeah, yeah, me at twenty three. I was like, oh my god, I can't even stay here. He wanted me to fart in his mouth. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was just thinking because all of my stories from when I was like twenty three to twenty seven were me just leaving. Yeah, was, anything would set me off, and I don't know what that was. I was like, oh, he wants me to fart in his mouth. He's a killer. He's yep. the killer. I'm gonna die. The same way, like I was so like freshly out too because when i moved to chicago i still had a girlfriend and i like got here and just kind of like really stepped into like my queer awakening so there was so much shit that was just still so new to me <laughs> and i like having to fart in somebody's mouth like i was like i can't i have to like, leave what now will my girlfriend think of me yeah i have to <laughs> leave now <laughs> oh no oh, but there's, oh there's so many of them but that was just the first one that came to mind that was mm. i love that <laughs> i love that have you, do you ever get, what, I'm curious about cruising okay. in Chicago, because I'm just thinking back to Chicago. Dipper here has to hang out a lot behind grocery stores, <laughs> oh my and he's God. like, maybe if I move, there's better places. So, <laughs> I, first of all, I'm moving very close to my current apartment, so it's going to be the same neighborhood, but. But closer um, to a grocery store. Oh. <laughs> Oh. Closer to a parking lot. That's what you're saying. Um, no, when I lived in Andersonville, uh-huh. um, on the walk from like the Foster Red Line train over to Clark, you know, yeah. any one of those streets you could walk on. Like Andersonville is a very gay neighborhood. Oh, it's so gay. It's like the new the new gay neighborhood. And so I remember like walking home from the train one day and this guy was like out walking his dogs in like gray sweatpants with like his massive dick bulging. Uh-huh. And I remember being like, oh, and I like looked back a few times. And then like, I think the next day I just like walked down because it was only a few blocks from my house. I like walked down that way to like see if he was out there again. And he was <laughs> ended up getting his number and we ended up like fucking up in his house. And then I realized I was like, oh, like he lives in a gay neighborhood. He does have to walk his dog. He literally like gets horned up free balls and walks around to advertise to just pull guys back up into his apartment. That's so and I was smart. Like, you can cruise in your front lawn while you are doing your chores. Uh, being queer is amazing. <laughs> Isn't it such a gift? <laughs> what a Everyone's gift. always ready to go. What a but let me tell gift. you, when I went up to his apartment, he had one of those dog steps up to his bed for his oh, little no. dog. Oh. Oh, I didn't no. like that. No, I didn't like that. No. You don't mm-hmm. let your dog in bed with you? No, he doesn't sleep in bed with me yet. I don't trust him yet like that. You, you put him in his gotcha. kennel. Yeah, he loves his crate. He goes right in there. Now he loves his crate. That's his little house. He loves it. He loves his little house. Maybe one day when he gets older, but also I don't know how he's going to be like when I eventually start having sex again because he's never been around that. So I'm like, oh, oh right. <laughs> He'll just be <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> So thank you so much for listening to Sloppy Seconds. You can follow us on Instagram at SloppyPod and send us an email at SloppySecondsPod at gmail.com or call in with your fuck talk story to... 213-536-9180. You can follow us on Instagram at Big Dipper Jelly and Spiciest Meatball or on Twitter, I'm Fat Drag Meatball and he is also still Big Dipper Jelly. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't ever miss an episode, which now come out every Tuesday and Friday. Lucy, where can everyone find you? Everyone can find me on pretty much every app, and especially Cash App and Venmo, at Ty is Lucy Stool, which is T-Y-I-S-L-U-C-Y-S-T-O-O-L-E. Don't forget to tip the dolls so that they can buy more weed. Oh, yes, honey. Can you tell Dipper that it's time for him to start smoking weed again? Dipper, you... Oh, yeah, you don't smoke weed. He's sober. One more year, it'll be 10 years completely sober. Oh, fuck yes. No weed, no booze, no cigarettes. What? You can still say that you're sober and smoke weed. No, I don't think it works. Because it comes from the ground. (laughs) Because potato vodka comes from the ground. Oh, God. You can be sober. Now, some people do have that definition, but I I don't know if that. Right. And it's about what people like. I uh, listen, I could probably have done fine over this last decade drinking alcohol because alcohol was never my issue. 
weed was always my issue. But I was like, oh, if I'm going to be sober, then I just don't drink alcohol because then I don't have to pay for it. It's not expensive. And I never have to worry about driving. Yeah. And so that I've just been sober, sober. God, when you knew me, Lucy, was I was smoking cigarettes, right? Yeah. Girl, I used to smoke like blow a rings? pack a day. Damn, I didn't know it was that bad. I smoked and what Marble, were they? Were they Marble, Marble Reds? Reds. Ew! You were probably you had that thing where you would cough up just brown mucus. I'm Ugh. sure of it. I smoked. I smoked Marble Reds. I smoked Marble when I started smoking Marble 100s, Marble Lights 100s. I loved it because I was like, these are longer. They were like a longer cigarette, and I was but like, this lasts longer. Oh my god! I smoked Parliaments. I smoked Camel. I started smoking with Camel Lights. Then in college, I smoked Camel Wides, which were oh, thicker, those. bigger, harsher cigarettes. Ooh. And then right before, when I when I quit, I smoked American bigger, Spirits. Bigger, <laughs> I, I, I smoked American Spirits to quit, but right before American Spirits, I, I spent like six months smoking Marble Reds. I was like, I'm just fucking going for it. Damn. I could feel them tearing my lungs apart. Yeah, those things hurt to smoke. Girl. Alright. Well... <laughs> Lucy, thanks so much for being Wait, on the show. Check here, out Liz. Lucy's podcast, The Black Tea, and uh, d- uh, you spell black with a Q on that show? Yes, we got it. Black with a Q over here. B-L-A-Q-U-E. And, um, yeah, support the dolls. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. What an end. do forever, dog. To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media. Mom! Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Mixed and mastered by William Pitt. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork is drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey.